0: and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, JK. How are you doing today? Well, blessed indeed. It's so nice to have you on the show. Okay. Before we get started with your introduction, you know, um, the essence of this show is to invite amazing guests, guests who have triumphed over one challenges to another, and they came out of it victoriously, triumphantly. Why is that? Because we believe that there might be someone in our audience or our listeners who might be stuck in that situation where the one who we've birthed came out of it triumphantly. So there might be a piece of information that person has that that listener might need to hear to get out of that situation. So. And I tell you, it has been beautiful because I was talking to one of our guests, Louise, about what an elderly woman said. She said, the show is actually having a great impact on herself and the family because of the amazing guests that we bring home. So within the next 20 minutes, JK, let us get started with your story. What's that thing that you came out of triumphantly and would like to talk to us about? And after that, I've got some questions for you. Okay, let's get started. Wonderful. Well,
1: first of all, Elisha, I'm honored to be your guest. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, My name is J.K. Amazey, and I run a company called Elevated Recovery. And what we do is we help men who are struggling with what we call sexually compulsive disorders, things such as porn addiction and sex addiction, to free themselves from it. Uh, for those of you who may have the opportunity to see the, the video of this, if you're not just listening to the audio behind me, there's a sign, there's a P with a reset button. And that stand, stands for porn reboots. Because the thing I came out, I gained triumph over was my out of control behavior with pornography. You know, When I was about um, eight years old, yeah. um, I was exposed to pornography. Um, you know, I grew up in a very conservative, uh, Catholic family and we were not al- allowed to, to view sex. If something crazy came up on the TV,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah. parents
1: would, would cover our eyes, you know how it is. Right. So I had a cousin who used to come and take care of us sometimes. And one day she brought a comic book. And as a kid, I love comic books still do, you know, even as a grown man, but she wouldn't let me read it you know so i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna find this comic book i don't care i found it under under her bed and it turned out to be pornographic in nature and when you think about it i'm eight years old i know about sex but Mm. i i this was exaggerated everything was bigger than it should be right without triggering anybody And I got scared, you know, I was like, wow, this is, is this what my parents have been doing? Is this the thing that they're talking about? Is this, this this is not how it looks in the biology (laughs) books, right? You know, so um, I got scared. But here's the interesting thing that happened to me. That feeling of fear was a different feeling for me. It was a fear, but it was mixed with excitement. You know, like I'm doing something, but nobody knows I'm doing it. So I had power in that area. And what I started doing is every time I would feel a negative emotion in my life, my parents rejected me, they whooped me because I didn't do well in school, I would run and find nudity. Because I was a kid, I couldn't get sexually aroused, but the nudity would make me feel excited. I'm like, oh, you can't catch me doing this. And this continued all the way through my early 20s.
0: That's really interesting to find out about. <laughs> okay. um, Let's get started with the first question. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's say someone walked up to you and say, JK, what is the meaning of pornography addiction? What does it mean to be addicted mm. to pornography? What would your response be?
1: To be addicted to pornography is to view pornography um despite the negative impact it's having on multiple domains of your life. So, you are viewing this. Firstly, you don't feel good about it. It's bringing up shame and guilt for you. Secondly, it is changing the way that you view sexuality. When you view pornography, you go from any ideas of monogamy to Feeling that you are entitled to have sex with anyone. That would be the second thing. The third thing is that it does have an impact on you. It has an impact on your finances because the time you could be spending to do something else, you're going to be spending it on that behavior, right? It has an impact on your mindset. It has an impact on your intimacy. Why? Because there's no intimacy in pornography. It's just two people having sex. It is not the reality of a relationship between. A man and a woman. But the more you watch this, the more you condition yourself that this is the way that men and women should engage with each other. The more you watch it, the more you begin to see that, well, this is what I value women for. Because more of your interactions with women in private have to do with you watching somebody else having sex with them. And another thing is you become a spectator. You become a spectator in in life what does that mean you're not looking for intimacy in a marriage or committed relationship now you've been spending your time watching watching two people having sex (laughs) for your enjoyment there is when you really think about it you go like there's nothing normal about that but the addiction part comes when you cannot stop despite telling yourself you want to stop Despite knowing that it's having a negative impact on your life, you can't stop. That's when it's become an addictive or a compulsive behavior.
0: Hmm. And I tell you, most people are actually struggling with being addicted to pornography. This is going to be an enlightening podcast, I tell you. Okay, so I've got another question, all right? Go ahead. Okay, so this one says, How does um, porn? affect
1: one's sex life. You got yeah. that? So I alluded yeah, I alluded to to a few of those earlier. We'll we'll go back to one of them, which is the biggest piece, intimacy. When it comes to sex, I like to believe that there are three phases that men go through, right? So for instance, and I'm speaking for the man's point of view, because that's mostly my client, but of course it affects women. We go through the getting phase. Getting phase is, you know, when you're a teenager and you've not had sex before, right? Maybe you're in in high school or secondary school. And it's just like, you know, did you get some? Did you you get it? Did you see this? Did Did you get that sexual experience in one way or the other? That's the first phase because you don't have access to it. Now, as you grow older, as you become more charismatic, as you understand how to talk to women, maybe as you go to university and a few other things, your experiences change. Maybe you actually start having sex, right? In whatever capacity. That's, that's between you and God. But now you're doing it. So there's getting and there's doing. And doing it, Is when you start asking your partner, oh, did I, did I, did did you, did you orgasm? Did you enjoy it? Was it enjoyable? You start thinking, oh, was, was, am I bigger than the last guy that you were with? Those sort of things. That's a doing. And as human beings, when we do things, we want to what? We want to do them well. So that's where a lot of guys get stuck on pornography. You will hear people say, oh, pornography is educational. It teaches me this and this and this. We get hung up on our size, how we look, how attractive we are to women, how we listen to people, other people, other guys telling us about, oh, how to do this with a woman, how they are so good with women in bed, because you're stuck in the doing phase. But the final phase is the phase of deep connection and intimacy. This is the phase that most people don't get to if they're stuck on pornography Mm -hmm. because sex is not just, yes, we can have sex for pleasure, but ultimately you can have sex for connection with somebody, with intimacy with that person. In fact, if you are with somebody monogamously, you can go as far as making sex a part of your spiritual bond with that person because they're the one person you are with, no one else. You're spending other aspects of your life with them. You may be praying with them. You may be meditating with them, having children with them. You're going through the experience of life together. And sex becomes the thing that brings you closer and closer together. And many people don't get to this phase. Even if they're married, sex is just something they're still getting. I want to just get sex from my wife. I just want to do this. This affects your sex life. On top of that, there are a lot of men today who struggle with what we call porn-induced erectile dysfunction, which is where you cannot get an erection because you've watched so much pornography and you have conditioned yourself to have erections only when there's pornography uh, playing or when you're viewing pornography. So you'll have a lot of, of people, and some of your listeners may feel this way, where they're like, yeah, I'm I'm being intimate, sexually intimate with somebody, but I need to imagine something else, even though somebody's in front of me. This is a result of porn-induced erectile dysfunction, exposing yourself to too much, um, we call it a hyperstimuli from viewing pornography. Because think about this. Mm-hmm. Any man today who is viewing pornography, today, 2023, 2024, has seen more naked people having sex than every single one of their male ancestors combined <laughs> from the beginning of time. Whoa. Think about that. Ooh. If you live with high-speed internet today on your mobile, Ooh. you have seen more naked people having sex than every one of your ancestors. That's what Your brain biologically was not designed to do that. Yeah. Think of the impact that is having on you as a human being. This
0: is really educating. I dare <laughs> hmm. Wow, wow, okay, we still have some questions here, go ahead, go ahead all right, so concerning you mentioned about the brain, okay, so how long does hmm. it take for one's brain to heal from pornography addiction? you know, how long That's does a it good take question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it's it's dependent on your exposure to pornography, typically. Using our system, it takes about a year and a half to two years. You do have to go through different phases. And what we teach guys is that you have to first start off changing the habits, right? Um, The habits that you engage in when it comes to pornography. All of us are triggered by different things, right? Usually the things that lead a man to pornography are things like stress. He's had a very stressful day, stress in the middle of work, stress about finances. And he's like, I just need to release this stress. An orgasm via viewing pornography makes him feel better. This is very common. Sometimes it's very strong emotions, right? Strong emotions of rejection. Somebody rejected you. Strong emotions of a family member says something always that triggers you. Strong emotions from a relationship, right, that you might be experiencing. Again, you are medicating that strong emotion with pornography. Another thing could be loneliness or lack of intimacy. So if even if you're in a relationship, you could still be lonely. When you don't have that closeness to other people and you constantly feel misunderstood or alone in your life, pornography can quickly come in to become your best friend if you're not careful about that, right? And then we have trauma. So we have people who have gone through um, sexual trauma, sexual abuse, different types of abuse, and they are now reenacting it through pornography or they are viewing pornography because they feel that if I view the kind of traumatic things that were done to me in pornography, then somehow I will, gain, I will gain power over it by viewing it in a pleasurable way. And it's just a trauma response for somebody. So these are the different reasons why people um, get triggered. But to change your habits, you need to know what is it that triggers me, right? So a habit could be the habit of getting stressed out because you don't take a break from work. So some people sit down and they're like, oh, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to hustle for five hours straight. That's wonderful. You get paid, but you didn't even take a 20-minute break because your mind is on money and on hustling. There's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to pace yourself too in your own way. So you get very stressed out. Sometimes people have thinking patterns around emotions. They wake up in the morning and the first thing they're worrying about is their finances right again nothing wrong with that sometimes you are in survival mode and there's nothing wrong with that to be in survival mode we all go through that but if you're always getting emotional about it angry or envious about other people or worried all the time your worry is not going to put money in your bank accounts
0: yeah that's
1: true <laughs> so a lot of times you're wasting your yeah. action will put the money yeah, there yeah, or you yeah. won't so <laughs> when you worry too much and there's no money to get rid of the worry You need something else to feel better. If the money is not going to make you feel better, then it's going to be food or it's going to be a different emotion. But most of the time, if you can view pornography and just feel good, feel that orgasm, that's what you're going to do. So changing habits takes time. But once the habits have been changed, the next thing we focus on is your lifestyle. You have to live a lifestyle that manages those habits. So those habits can become a part of you, right? It could be a lifestyle where You're not worrying too much. It could be a lifestyle where you're not stressed all the time. It could be a lifestyle where you're not lonely. So you might be like, oh, I live alone because I I spend a lot of time alone because I'm working all the time. Well, you can include, you can find people that you spend time with. You can go to church. You can start spending time with the people from the church. You can fill your time with these people and these connections. And suddenly you're like, you know what? I'm not so, I'm not so lonely. It's nice to spend time with these people. You know, and and they, they invite you to different places and so on and so forth. But even the lifestyle is not enough. Because our lifestyles change. We grow older. We make more money. We lose money. We move to different places, right? We have different interests in life. We date different people. We marry different people. Marriages end. We have children. We become parents. Your lifestyle changes. Sometimes with the lifestyle change, you can end up going back to that behavior. So, the final piece after lifestyle is self image. You have to change the way that you view yourself and view yourself as a man who no longer needs this in his life. Because when you were born, you didn't need porn, you never needed it in the first place. But at some point in your life, you were like, I need this. Just as a a drunk at some point decided he needs alcohol. No, you don't. You don't. But you need to change the way you view yourself. And that time range is different for different people. With the system I teach with pawn reboot, we get people there within a year and a half to two years. But just to control their behavior, we do that for them within 90 days.
0: Amazing. Porn reboot.
1: Amazing. Okay. Porn reboot. You
0: know, yeah. yeah. You know, you you um, explained this stuff in such a way that anyone struggling with pornography would feel like, you "No, know, J.K. is talking to me, and I need to reach out to him. I feel like he's my helper right now." <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So we've got one last question. All right. All right. So, um, it says, "What is the?" purpose of pornography. Got that?
1: What is the purpose of pornography?
0: Yeah.
1: Pornography has been around since we were able to draw on on caves. Right? We were drawing we were drawing penises on caves. This is what boys do. If you went to high school, you know that somebody's drawing something on the door. Let's be real, right? This is what, <laughs> what boys did. We drew We drew things like this. <laughs> and and if, if, if God was to wipe us out and start us over again, being the human beings we are, we would do it again. We will draw <laughs> it again. <right? laughs> so I have to say that, first of all, I, I don't think the... I think... Images of sex are things that human beings will will naturally do, right? However, um, it is not something that is a requirement for you to do anything that has to do with your sexual behavior, right? So pornography, as far as I'm concerned, in the form it exists today, high speed internet pornography, it is very damaging. In fact, it has almost come to the point that I view it almost as a social experiment by some powers that be, because it is available everywhere, everywhere. It doesn't matter. Any society that immediately gains access to high-speed internet pornography, one of the first things they'll start doing is viewing pornography and making pornography. Right, They will do it. It doesn't matter the culture on this planet. They will start doing it. So as far as I'm concerned right now, um, pornography's purpose is to entertain people. And in the process of entertaining, I feel that it is really tearing down the fabric of society. Because we have younger people viewing pornography. These younger people are taking it into their relationships or acting it out with other people. So you have people who are younger and younger engaging in sexual behavior. Pornography is not reality either. Everybody there is acting for the camera, which means that you have a new generation of people really thinking that this is what healthy sex is like. And that's what they're bringing into their relationships as well. It also changes the standards for men. It erodes your values. When you view pornography all the time, your values drop, because what you're valuing is not the woman. You're valuing sex. So when it comes to women, you don't care. You're just like, what's the value of a woman? The value of a woman is sex. Because the value of a woman is sex, you will make all decisions that has to do with that woman based on sex. You will value her for that, which means you miss everything else. And if you choose to marry that woman, you choose to have children with those women, with that woman, and that's based on sex and pornography, then you will bear the consequences of that. And we are seeing that more and more in society. Yeah. It also commercializes sex. So now you have, in a t- back in the day, um, it was very taboo for women to um, basically sell their body for sex. Prostitution has always been around. We know that. Mm. But now it's so casual. Now, in society, people just joke about it. People just joke about (laughs) daddies and all these things. Years ago, it was not like that. You hid that stuff. Now, people make skits about it and talk about it normally. Mm. I don't think they realize how that is affecting society. Mm. Pornography has something to do with it because it is porn culture. That is the culture. It's not a different country's culture. It's a culture that became permissive. Why? Why? There was no meeting where governments decided that we should watch pornography. No. The reason why these things have become very casual, and you see it all over social media, is because everybody is doing it. When multiple people are doing it and hiding it, they start laughing at each other. They laugh in the comments. They are, but why? Because you're hiding and doing it too. More and more people do it. And even if it is hidden, we don't need a conference or a law to say it's okay to do this. It is a covert agreement. We all covertly made this agreement because we all covertly <laughs> watch pornography. Mm. And our society will overtly, in front of our eyes, fall apart while we say, oh, wow, what's happening to society these days? What's happening? What's happening? Because we're hiding it. and That's the reason I speak out. Because the more I speak out and call people out on their problems, the more peop- it normalizes talking about pornography. And like, yes, more people come out and start saying, it's a big problem. We need to address this.
0: Thank you so very much, DK. You've really impacted me. And I know definitely my audience are going to benefit from this, that you've been saying. You know, there was a time I um, got... A message from a particular woman, she said, a uh, young child, a young boy of I think age nine, said she uh. said she caught him um pleasure in himself where he was watching pornography and she said she uh. was stunned. She she was stunned and she doesn't even know the exact thing to do. She said, I uh. I beat the hell out of him. Then I thought about it. Uh. That time, I have not even started to invite amazing guests like you to come talk to us mm. about the stories. So, I, I told it, but I said this is not something wrong with just only your boy. It is like a virus that spreads around. Most most kids are doing this stuff. So now, mm. I want to ask you this question: What would you? Let's say that woman is listening to this podcast. What would you mm. say to her? what 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 would be the solution that you're gonna um offer to her to get that child free from pornography at such a young age
1: That's a good question. Okay. you know um will I'll, I'll share a, a quick story in response. When I was about eleven years old, um somebody in my classroom got a uh pornographic magazine, and they were passing it around. And uh, they gave me one, and it was my turn to take it home. And I took it home, and um, my mom was, was away. All right, She was working as a nurse in Saudi Arabia. And she came back during the Christmas holidays, and um, I hid it in my books. But one day, she just came in and decided she was going to help me clean my room. And I I'd forgotten about this pornographic magazine. And I, I would only see my mom once a year because she was gone. And she, she found this magazine and she shouted at me. She yelled at me and she told me, "She's like, I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to show this to your father when he returns home. And I knew my father was going to beat me. No doubt. I knew it. (laughs) And I remember being in fear for days. And then finally, she came to me and she told me, you know what? I decided not to tell your father. But she's like, I knew you were very afraid for the last few days. I was like, yes. She's like, I won't do it again. She's like, I threw it away. And well, she gave it to me and said, I want you to throw this away. And I did, I burned it. And, um, but one thing I don't forget, I, I won't forget, is that the fear of doing that brought up shame. So when I was caught, there was a lot of shame. And the thing is, when you beat your child because they view pornography, what it really does is it reinforces the shame. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with punishing kids for doing something that is considered to be wrong. Yeah. However, yeah. there is one problem with pornography. When you punish someone for something that is shameful, the irony of that is pornography thrives in shame. We don't watch pornography openly. You don't go to cyber cafes. You don't see people out there openly watching pornography in a bus or in a cab or in an Uber. Why? Because of the shame. So when you beat your child, your child becomes ashamed of what they've done. What do you think they're going to do next? They're going to go back and view pornography, not because they want to. They don't understand this. but because. They will feel the shame again. In fact, you are putting them in a cycle because of this. They're like, I feel bad. And they feel worse. Because each time your child would now view pornography, the shame grows. He was already feeling shame before you caught him, just so you know. He wasn't just laughing and enjoying himself. Every man who watches pornography when they're done, they're like, why why did I do that to myself? (laughs) (laughs) every man knows it's just it's never worth it when you're done you're just like wow that was just a waste of my seat it was not it was not worth it so he already knew that and then you beat him on top of that you think he will stop it Mm -hmm. will not stop him unlike other things Mm -hmm. so i would say instead that if she's listening today she needs to do the work To be able to sit with her son and explain to her son, as angry and shocked as she may be, that this is not real. This is not a demonstration of intimacy or love. And ask her son, like he's young, do you want to be in love one day? Right? Because the younger he is, the purer he is. Do you want to be in love someday? Do you want to love somebody? Do you want to have that feeling? Do you want to have a long-term relationship, right? And if they're like, yes, I want these things. Do you want to be in love with a beautiful woman? Whatever, it may be, yes. Then let them know, like, watching this will destroy your chances of ever getting that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You have to explain the damage this can do to them. Yeah. They have to explain that this is hurting people. That there is nothing normal about wanting to be in front of a camera and have the general public watch you. And explain to him, like time, think about it. You are watching other people doing this. Again, it's very important to have that external perspective. Right? This is not this is not normal. Like anytime a man, if you were to watch yourself, if someone to put a camera and you watch yourself watching pornography, you'd be like, Am I a monkey? What low level of energy is this? You are choosing to operate on the lowest level of existence. And to also explain, if her son is, is inclined, but this is also for those of you who are listening, that one of the things that will free a lot of men, and one of the things that I want to say to encourage you is, so many men are masturbating to pornography today. So many men are distracted today. That if you are a man who has sexual control, you have an advantage. I know this from personal experience because I've been free from this behavior. Past month, November, made it 15 years. And in those years, I went from having nothing, nothing, from sleeping in a car, from having nothing to where I am today. And the main thing that I would attribute it to is what I teach it's habits lifestyle, and self-image. Because pornography addiction is not just about the sex. Each time that you masturbate, each time that you view pornography, and you have to repress those strong feelings of guilt and shame, they remain there. And they hold you back from everything. Because you have to walk out in the world, you have to stand up, and you have to speak to people. And no matter how talented or charismatic you are, Deep down inside, you will never go 100% or use all of your gifts because you have a secret. Hmm. And as long as you have something to hide, you can never fulfill your full potential.
0: Hmm.
1: So if you're a man who is like, you know what? The only thing left that I am hiding is my out-of-control behavior. Learn how to control it. And that slight edge it gives you when it comes to other men will make you stand out. All your gifts will be released because you have nothing to hide. And there are many good men there who have accomplished a lot of things, but the last thing they are hiding is their sexual behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's it, that's the only thing holding them back. If they could just take care of that last thing, they would stop wondering, why is it I don't have the energy? Why is it I don't have the, the, the charisma? Why is it I just don't have that drive? Because you're wasting that drive and you're building up strong emotions you need to release all these emotions. You need to live free of guilt. You need to be able to love. You cannot even fully love when you have guilt and shame. Because the more you do this, and the more you tell yourself, I'm not going to do it, and you did it again. I'm not going to do it, and you did it again. You look at yourself in the mirror. How do you feel about somebody who tells you, I won't do that to you again, and then they do it to you again? I won't do it. I I promise. I swear to God. They get down on their knees in front of you and they pray to God. They even go to church and they tell the pastor, I don't, I will not do this to them again. But after a few weeks, a few months, they do it to you again. Will you like that person? Mm -hmm. No, you will hate that person. And in this case, you hate yourself. Mm -hmm. You are looking in the mirror at yourself and you do not love yourself. How do you think you're going to love anyone else? And if you don't love yourself, how do you think you will make the best decisions for yourself? You won't. You will constantly sabotage yourself. And all of this starts with that one little thing that you are hiding called pornography. There are many bad things in the world. But remember, the thing with pornography is we can't tell anybody. It is because of the secrecy and the shame. And I hope that lady out there or any other parent who has a child, I hope this this message really hits home for you. It is very important.
0: This is such a transformative message. I tell you, you, you've blessed myself and the ones who are going to listen. with so much insight on this topic. No, no, this is so much. You know, I found out that the solution to the world's problem is knowledge. Most huh. people who are still suffering with the addiction of the they lack the knowledge of how to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, I tell you. This is so beautiful. So thank you so very much, JK. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, having me. <laughs> thank you I for your time. You. Thank you for honoring the invite. So um can you talk a bit about um porn reboot? Is that can you talk about the site, website? Maybe someone wants to Reach out to you, how can they get in touch?
1: Yeah. So uh, our website is elevatedrecovery.org. Um, but you can find me on YouTube. You can search for my name, JKMAZ, or just Google me. Um, on YouTube, you can find me under JKMAZ. You'll see Elevated Recovery, our YouTube channel. I have over a 1,000 videos there, about 1,200. My recommendation for anybody listening is to use our free resources right? You can work with me, but there's a wait list at this point. So I made sure that a lot of our resources are out there and are free. We also have a podcast, the Porn Reboot Podcast with over 500 episodes, where you can listen and learn about um, how to end this behavior, tips to manage it, and also a lot of lifestyle tips. Some of the the things I was talking about um, just recently about how to deal with self-hate, how to overcome that, how to accomplish your potential and release your shame. I talk about all these things on the podcast. It's called the Porn Reboot Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, um, wherever. Then, of course, um, add me as a friend on Facebook, J-A-Y, K-A-Y, last name, Amazie. Add me as a friend, shoot me a DM, let's chat.
0: That's that's good. That's good. All right, that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you so very much, JK.